Okay, Boker Tov. We're in the Gomorrah in Moid Cotton, Zainamadalf. I'm going to backtrack about five, six lines because I was rushing to want to finish to the Mishnah and I didn't succeed. So I'll just we'll quickly review uh, for the first couple minutes and just close out this small sugi before you go to the next Mishnah. Okay, so yesterday we learned the Mishnah said, You can close a breach in a fence that's surrounding a field, and we can even build a new wall in the usual manner. Okay, that's if there's a breach in the fence. So now the Gemara asks, How do you close the breach? And Rav Yosef says, well, we do it, we use it with palm fronds and laurel. We take the branches and put them together to make a barrier. There's another way that is stated in Bimas Nisa Tana, Lestatna Brisa. They're not arguing, they're just giving another way of doing it. Tzor Betzror, they pile up stones, but not smear them with plaster. So therefore, we're doing it in a non-professional way. Professional repairs are not allowed, and it's just a second way of a non-professional way to close up the barrier. So now we have a statement of Rav Chista uh, qualifying this halacha. Amar Rav Chista, Rav Chista says, Lo shanu, this which we said, that you can close the breach, it's only ella bekosel hagina, only the walls of a garden. Why? In other words, you'd say, I should make the best wall I can to protect myself from intruders. And you want a professional job, not a non-professional job. He says, no, because this halach was only said, the wall surrounding a garden, because it's not a big deal, no great loss happens if a person breaks in and enters the garden, you don't have very expensive things in the garden. all, but in the case of a kosla chotzer, but a wall of a courtyard, where you have your personal effects are in the courtyard, if that breaks, we can't have just a non-professional way. Then, then we build it in a usual manner because it will cause a great loss. So I would imagine the same thing, for example, if let's say your alarm system breaks on Holomoid. Okay, I would say you do it in a professional way because you don't want anybody to break in. If it would be um, something else, then you wouldn't be as concerned. So now there's going to be two versions of this next follow-up. Version one is, the Gemara is going to want to bring a brisa to support Rav Chista, and then we're going to say, no, that's not a proof. Version two is going to bring a brisa that would tend to disprove Rav Chista and say, no, that's not a disproof either. It's two, two versions of two things just the other side of the coin. Let's have a brisa that supports Rav Chizda's ruling that says, A courtyard wall that's leaning dangerously into a public domain could fall and kill people. So what do you do? You can demolish it and rebuild it in a usual manner. So, Because of danger. Ah, so what do you see? You see you can repair such a wall in a professional way. So Gamora assumes, assumed right now, that we're dealing with a courtyard wall. And if it's a courtyard wall, we see you can fix it up really well. 
Gemara says, no, awesome, there, the Bryce, it tells you why. Kiddiktoni time, it says the reason, because of a danger to other people. So if it's a danger to other people, that's when we say you can do it. But it's not a proof that it's for your courtyard you can do it. You may get robbed. No, maybe you want something that's life-threatening. But it's no proof to, if you'll get some stuff robbed to do a professional job. That's version number one, so it's no proof. Version number two is going to use this as a question. Vigadamri, some have the version like this. Tashma, coming here, it's going to be a question on Rav Chista. Same price. Kosala goich l'shusarabim. A wall that is leaning into l'shusarabim. Soyis robona kedarik of the esakana. You can knock it down and rebuild it because of danger. Implying mipnei esakana in because of danger. Yes. And shalom mipnei esakana. It's not dangerous for a courtyard wall. You can't do it. So if that's the case, lemet havet yuvter Rav Chizda becomes a refutation of Rav Chizda's opinion. More than I will say, no, it's no proof. I'm Rav Chista, Hasam over there. Soiser Uboina, there we're talking about demolishing and then rebuilding. Hacha here, Boina Veloy Soiser. Here we may build, but we cannot demolish it. Okay? In the case of an ordinary courtyard, you can rebuild it, but not demolish it. How can you re- well fix, fix it? it. Fix, it. It. fix it. Fix it. Okay. Fix it. Oh, fix it. Oh, fix it. Okay. But not rebuild. Not rebuild. Well, yeah. Uh, so now the Gemara asks a, a simple question on that brisa. The brisa says you have a dangerous wall. Yeah. Right. So what does it say? You can knock it down and rebuild it. Right. That's my, so question is, just knock it down. Don't rebuild it, the problem is danger. Right. When you knock it down, there's no more danger. No, but, but the danger of the people walking in and stealing or whatever. Oh, so, but, so, but if it's mainly because of danger, so that's what is going to answer. So let's say the Bryce just knock it down and don't rebuild it. In Cain, the answer is because then the owner won't knock it down either. He'd rather have a precarious wall where other people get killed as long as no one's going into his chatzer. And interestingly, Ravashi says he could have a proof to Rav Chisa's explanation that the Mish is referring to a wall around a garden and not a courtyard. Um, Ravashi, the Mishnah also seems to imply what Rav Chisa said that we're talking about a garden. Why? Diktani, because it also says together with Cholamayit Ubishvis and with Shmita Boyne Kedarki, you build it regularly. Now wait a minute, if we're talking about a courtyard, why would I have to say anything about building a wall on Shmita here? It has not. There's no crops in a field. Right. It's, it's nothing to do with Shmita. Right. Why is it mentioned Shmita? It must be. It's a garden. Right. And now we might think that you can't put a wall to protect the garden what for the crops at Shmita. So that's what it's saying. So therefore. So Deheicha, so what kind of wall are we talking about? Mm-hmm. If it's a courtyard, remember, do you have to say on Shemitah year you can build a wall around a courtyard? Why not? You can do any home improvements. What's that to a Shemitah? Why is it saying Shemitah? Elolah must be, we're talking about the Gina of a garden. Why might I have thought that you can't put a wall around a garden in Shemitah? It looks like the guy is making a prediction for produce, which would be forbidden. 
In other words, it looks like it's labor that's benefiting the crop, which you'd think would be also during Shemitah. So Shmami, no. The Chiddush is, no, that it's not a problem. It's, oh, I might have thought. I might have thought that it's going to be a problem. Because you're protecting the crops. Or he gives another explanation. One might argue that by building the wall, the person violates the biblical commandment to allow paupers to partake of the land's produce in Shemitah. Misha therefore says it's not so because building the garden wall is permitted and you can always let the paupers in by leaving the gate open. Okay, that ends yesterday's sugya. Now we're gonna, you have to really keep your thinking caps on now because this is tricky, tricky, tricky. Let me give you a little bit of an introduction here. We're gonna be talking about if a person is not sure if he has tsara'as, leprosy, question is, do you, can you or should you call a coin to check your potential leprosy on Chol Hamoet? Now, we'll see, I'm going to read the introduction here, there's three different stages. And, well, and, and there's, you're not a matzara. So will you maybe become a Mitzara? You're a questionable Mitzara? Or you're a definite Mitzara? So there's all kinds of issues. The question is, can we or can we not do this on Cholomoy? So you figure, what well, why not? Why wouldn't you do it on Cholomoy? So let's think about it. How happy will you be on Cholomoy if you're a Mitzara? Not very happy. Remember, on Yom Tov and Cholomoy, there's a Mitzvah to be happy. So, like, you don't do those things. Uh, if, I, if I check myself and find I'm a Mitzora, I'm going to be a very unhappy person. So why do something that will make you unhappy? Because I know Shelley's right, we're going to say, but if you're a Mitzora, you got to be a Mitzora. Forget about happy or not. That's a real Mitzora. What? I was going to say something else. Oh, okay. Doesn't a coin have to come back after seven days or something yes. to see if it's grown more and then yeah. he declares it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if it's the first time, you're still you're gonna pass Cholmodenim before you're a Mitzvah. Because you've got to come back. Well, no, no, he can possibly on the first time declare you are for sure Mitzvah. Yeah, no, no, no. There's okay. To now, we're gonna go to this lengthy introduction. You have to pay good attention. We're gonna see there's three different statuses of pre middle, and post tzaraz. And each one has a strictness and a, and a leniency that the other one doesn't have. And this very critical. These details are extremely difficult. Okay, so let's take a look over here and see what's going on. Okay, the basic tzaraz consists of a patch of skin that has turned very white in color and appears deeper than the surrounding skin. It may sometimes contain white hair, it might also gain a small spot of natural skin in its interior. Okay, step one. If a person notices a suspicious patch of skin on his body, he must be examined by a coin. Should the coin determine the patch has the whiteness of tzaras and additionally has white hairs or a spot of natural flesh inside it, he immediately declares the man a mitzora muchlat, a confirmed Mitzorah. So on that spot, right away, you leave town. 
You got to be outside. Question? No. no. So that's stage one. That's the simplest. So we could obviously see a Cholamoid. If he's going to declare him a Mitzora Muchlat, he leaves, he leaves town. Now there's two issues we're going to be discussing, and it's going to be the crux of all the Machlokasim over here. There are two, besides the fact that you're a Mitzora, which is in general a negative thing, but there's two practical downsides to it. Number one, if you're secluded outside the camp, you can't be with people. And that a lot of people are social people. There's introverts and extroverts. So for an extrovert, that's really painful. He's the guy that likes to schmooze with people. He enjoys talking with people. And now you're going to say you're going to go outside. You can't be with anybody. That is going to make his yanta very sad. That's if you are an extrovert. If you're an introvert, it might not be so bad because you don't like being around people anyway. But then again, you probably are not the person who speaks Lush and Hara if you're an introvert. He, and goes, it, he goes without his family. Huh? Oh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. That's not true. So now there's a second issue. Some issues of Tsaras, and we'll get into the details in a minute. Sometimes at Saras, you're forbidden to be intimate with your wife. We'll see in a minute some situations, yes, some situations, no. Now, depending on how you like your wife or not, that might be considered very painful to not be intimate with your wife. We will see shortly that never the twain shall meet, that when you are secluded from society, we will see, uh, there's situations where when you're secluded from society, that's when you can be with your wife. Or some cases where you're not secluded from society, but you can't be with your wife. We'll get to that in a minute. So your wife would accompany you in seclusion? Yes, in some cases. Okay. In some cases, you can't be intimate with your wife. Right. So, and it's always, almost always flipped. So now the question really becomes, well, what bothers, and let's say either one or two is going to happen. Either you're going to be in seclusion and you're away from people that you can be with your wife, or you don't have to be in seclusion, but you still uh, are doubtful, but you can't be with your wife. Can question, cannot. cannot. So that question is, what is, is more hurtful for a person? To be not social with people or to be intimate with his wife? And the Cohen's decisions could affect that at one time he's secluded from people but could be with his wife. And then the coin may say something that now makes him come back to people, but he's secluded from his, can't be with his wife. Now that becomes a big machlokas. What's the lesser of two evils? And it all depends on the coin coming. Okay, these are the things we have to keep in mind in the mix. That's going to be the ultimate decision maker if we have the coin check. But anyway... We've done the first step. A Kohen Mitzorah Muchlat. He's confirmed the Mitzorah. Now, that's step one. Now, let's go back again for the first time. But if the patch is sufficiently white, but the additional symptoms are lacking, the Mitzorah is isolated for a seven-day period known as Hesker, confinement. Now, obviously, when he's a Mitzorah Muchlat, he's also confined but he's confined for sure out of certainty here it's confined meaning but not a confirmed mitzvah well yeah we'll see it's cautious waiting 
So he goes for seven days. Upon completion of these seven days, the development of the condition is observed and reevaluated by the coin. If the full symptoms of for Tsaras are still not present and the whiteness has not spread, the Mitzvah is isolated for another seven days. If no change has occurred by the end of the second seven-day confinement, the Mitzvah is released. That's it. That means it's a, it's a skin condition, but not Tsaras. Okay, however, if at any point afterward the coin finds one of the additional symptoms, let's say the second time or the third time, or he determines that the whiteness has spread, he pronounces the man a confirmed Mitzorah. Now, both the confined Mitzorah and the confirmed one are Tomei. Okay, even if it's just confined. However, each is subject to specific restrictions, as shall be explained below. Okay, there are several other types of Tzaras, all described in uh, Vayikra. Tzaras head, blah, blah, blah. Similar rules to that. Okay, he's not telling you any more, okay, which we'll see in a minute. There are other issues, as we will see. Anyway, um, and really, I think I should um, speak it out beforehand. Okay, so, one second. Okay, now, here are the big differences. A Mitzorah Muchlat, a confirmed Mitzorah, that now the Kohen sees him and now says he's Tor. Eventually he's got it to be Tor. So he says he's Tor. So they sprinkle upon, they do a whole avoda to, to make him Tor, as the Torah explains. And afterwards he can come back into the camp after they, they, they take the birds and they do the whole thing. He comes back in the camp, he counts seven days, another seven days, and on the seventh day, he cuts all his hair off. He goes to the mikvah, his clothing. On the eighth day, he brings korbanos, etc., etc. Okay. Now, a Mitzorah Muchlat, a confirmed Mitzorah, who's sent out of all three camps and he's out of the city, he is allowed to be intimate with his wife. Okay, so there you have a case of he's away from society, but at least he can be with his wife. Okay, now let's say the Kohen now says he's tar. Now he gets the procedure done with it, and now he comes back in the camp and counts seven days. And in the seven days that he's counting to be pure, he can return to civilization like anybody else during those seven days. He can go to shul. He can do those things for those seven days. He's still going to have to, on the seventh day, cut his hair and all that. But he cannot be intimate with his wife when he Why comes. Not? That's halacha. Why? We don't care. Yeah. That's the halacha. Yes, exactly. It's, a, it's flipped. It's flipped. You could say, listen, if he's away from everybody, you at least have to give him somebody to be with so he can be with his wife. Well, I didn't get to that one yet. I got to the confirmed. Which ones did I explain so far? Confirmed. And now released and holding for the seven days to become torn. So released, he still isn't finished. He can be with people, but cannot be with his wife. A 
a, what did we call a, a, a Mitzorah Muskar, a confined one, is not sent out of the three camps. Okay, he doesn't go out of the three camps, and he's also not allowed to be with his wife. So now what do you see? You have either or. If he's a real Mitzorah, he's out of the camp, loses social, because he's socially he's distant. But he can be with his wife. But he can be with his wife. Yeah, no, no. If it's confined, which means he doesn't go out of the camp, right. but he's confined, he cannot be with his wife. If he was Tomei, and now we find that he's tar, and we begin the purity procedure, yes. he can come back to the camp, but he cannot be with his wife. So what do you have? You never have both at the same time, or neither one at the same time. Well, I thought that the uh, seclusion had something to do with uh, preventing contamination of people, not just punishment. Well, he's not. Because, he's, because if, it, if that is the case, then he's contaminating his wife. Well, that's a different story. His wife can be contaminated. What's the problem? She's Tommy, as long as she doesn't go to base on English. Not a problem to be, if you're not a coin, it's not a problem. I mean, it's, and it's, it's, okay, anyway, so that's the issues. Now, that's the critical issue. So now the whole question's gonna be, do we have a coin come and inspect the guy, and the critical component is, will this affect the guy's enjoyment of Yom Tov? And we'll see under all three circumstances, there's going to be issues. Now, no matter what a coin does, now let's put it this way. If a coin, let's say first time, you call the coin, everything's fine, call the coin. Now, one of two things can happen. Coin can say, you're tar. Yeah. Now, the guy feels great. He wasn't sure. Sometimes when you're not sure, it's more frustrating right. than knowing. Right. So therefore, if he says you're fine, that's great. Yeah. But what if he says, you're Tame, or you're... So either he could say, you're for sure Tame. Yeah. Now you gotta leave the camp. So now the guy loses social interaction. But he could be with his wife. What if the client says, no, you're a Muska, we're not sure. He doesn't leave the camp, but he can't be with his wife. Neither one is a good result for the fellow. Right. All right, so now the question is, so therefore, should we have a coin come or not? So what are you gonna say? Well, for sure he should come. Well, wait a minute. Maybe I don't want to know for the seven days. Because remember, one of three things can happen, and two of them are not good. <laughs> one, you lose your social life. The other, you lose your intimate life, right? So therefore, maybe better have him not come. Or, wait, he can come but remember, the guy only becomes Tame when the coin says he's Tame. Right. If the coin just takes a look and says, you know, I don't really know, I'll come back later. Even if he is, has Saras, this is the unique halacha of Mitzara, you don't have any of the laws of Mitzara until the coin pronounces that you're a Mitzara. So even if the coin wasn't sure, you're still not. No, no. He, now the coin either he knows what he's saying. He right. knows if the guy's tar, he knows if the guy's tame, or he knows he only has half, and he is muskar. It's not because we don't know. It's the physical development has not gone that far yet. Okay. So it's, it's wait and see. So therefore, but so the question is: so Do we have the coin come or not? 
Because maybe let's just say, don't come. We'll just deal with it. Now, but wait a minute. What if the guy already is a Mitzorah? Right. So now, let's say, the guy's already, let's say, he is a, a Hesker, confined. So now, He's not confined under the let's, so let's say he was confined before Cholamoyed. The coin went three days before Yom. So the next day, and he says, you know, you're a Hester. You've got you to gotta be confined, meaning you can be with people, but you can't be with your wife. Now, the next t- seven days later is Cholamoy. Right. Should he come or not? The answer is, well, I guess he should, because, first of all, he could say he's tar. He says tar, did he come back? Yeah. Or he could say, no, you are, I'm not, I don't know, nothing's changed, so you stay the way you are. Or you say, no, you're for sure, and now you're for sure, you now have to go outside the camp, which is bad socially, but now you can be intimate with your wife. During Kolomoy. Yes, if he changes his status on Kolomoy. You follow? And now let's say the guy is, before Kolomoy, was for sure Mitzor. So now he's allowed to be with his wife, but he's not with people. Now the coin comes back, he could make him Tahor, but what does that mean? It means you come back, but you can't be with your wife, but you can't be with people. So there's going to be all kinds of changes. So the question is, is it better for the coin to come, yes or no, or, or when? Maybe sometimes yes, sometimes no. So there's three independent situations. But all we get in our Mishnah is just a simple statement without a lot of clarity. Now that you understand all the issues, now we're going to look at the Mishnah. You're going to say, well, this Mishnah has not been helpful in clarifying enough because it's too cryptic. Aren't you obliged to call a Kohen? You're obliged to, but maybe to Kohen, or maybe you shouldn't. What if you don't call the Kohen? What if you don't? Then You're nothing. You know what it's like? What if you're having symptoms? Let's say, low Elena shouldn't happen. You start, you, you know, you notice, you know, as you're walking the shul, you find yourself shorter breath. Okay. You climb the stairs, shorter breath. Right. Feeling a little dizzy spells. Yeah. Now, it would be a smart thing for you to call your doctor. Right. Call the cardiologist and run some tests. It would be a smart thing. What if you don't? Yeah, no, you're not, not necessarily you're going to die. Could be something, maybe people. it's not your heart at all. But you're not a danger to other people. This is a different. You're story. not, but if the if the coin does not say you are a mitzora, you don't make anybody tummy. You don't make any. You're not tummy until the coin says you're tummy. So the guy said, "I don't want to know." He's entitled. I don't want to know. Now remember, this is a gift from God. He's telling you you might be a person who's doing certain averus that you want to clean up. I don't want to know about it. But he, you're not supposed to do that. No, only if you choose to get better. Okay, so if the guy has got chest pain, says I don't care. So you don't care. You don't. You didn't do it. You're not going to force you. So if you got symptoms of psoriasis. You know, you can say I don't want to have a coin see me. And if you feel that way, you shouldn't call him. Period. Regardless so, of how bad you are. Good. So that's a possibility. On the other hand, there are people who say, you know, this is a problem. You know, maybe I should go to the coin and check it out. That's all. So you're not forced to. Now, obviously, if you have a smart wife, wife say, listen, you know, you got that saras ready for a month. You should go to the coin and see what's going on. Okay? And uh, it could be somebody will say, you know, that your friend says, you know, you got this big thing on your forehead. You should go to the coin and see that. And after a while, you don't. People will say, you know, if you don't check it out, I don't, I don't want to do any business with you. But we can't force him. 
That's an important point. So now the question is, okay, let's say a guy wants to, but maybe a cholamoy is not the best time to do it. Okay, let's say, I'll give you an example. Let's say you're feeling some, some a little bit of pain. Tonight is your son's wedding. You want to sit and emerge the whole day? And let me ask you this. I don't know if it's an ethical question or philosophical question. Let's say, you know, you're feeling a little dizzy, you're feeling a little tight, a little shortness of breath. So now, you're gonna run right now. Now, if you go to, you're not gonna get a doctor's appointment at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon. Tonight's your son's wedding. I wanna ask you, you're gonna say, okay, let's go to Merge and I'm not going to the wedding? Or you're gonna say, I'm gonna to go to the wedding and I'll just take I'll it a little bit. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, so you okay. see, well, but you're not being careful. Yeah, but there's some things that are important to people, even more important than that. Okay, so the same thing. The guy says, listen, it's Cholomite. It's, it's Yantav. I want to enjoy the Yantav. I'll, I'll speak to the client later. Why should I mess up my whole Yantav? But, but again, it's a danger to the other people. It's not That's a danger to the other people because well, until the Kohen well. says you're Tame, you're not Tame and nobody contracts Tuma from you. But if they see you, the people see So they you. see you, so what? You have a spot on your... You head. don't make them Tame. So it's only contagious. It's not contagious. So. Well, well Tuma, it only is Tuma if the coin says you says, are Tame. So. You're a for sure Mitzorah. Is a coin obligated if he sees it? Oh, so that's going to be the question. That's going to be the Machlokas. You follow what's going on. So now we're going to read the Mishnah and you're going to clearly see why this is not enough information in this Mishnah. Reb Meir Omer, Reb Meir says, you can inspect for tsaras on Cholamoid only to render a lenient verdict, which would seem to mean but not to make it stringent. So now it would come out, let's see, now you got all kinds of situations over here. Let's take the obvious. Coin never went to the guy before. First time visit. Calls the coin. So now he says the coin can come to be lenient. What does that mean? To say, ah, oh, you're tar, it's okay, it's not a problem. But not to be stringent. If he sees the whiteness would either make him confined or for sure, he'll say, you know what, I, I, I don't want to say, I'll come back later. And that way he will not make the guy tame, right? According to Reb Meir, a coin may examine the suspicious patch and he should declare the person tor if it's not tzaras, but he should refrain from issuing the tummy verdict if he finds it to be tzaras. Declaring the person tummy would cause him distress during the festival and the Torah says, v'samachto The Gemara explains later on that the Torah has made the person's status dependent upon the Kohen's verdict. Right. Even if this affliction is symptomatic of tzaras, He's not legally tummy until the coin pronounces himself. So Reb Meir holds the coin has the right to withhold his verdict even though he has examined the affliction and knows it to be tummy. Oh. The effect of his silence is that the victim will remain tar throughout the festival. That's Reb Meir's opinion, which makes sense. It's sort of a, uh, what do you call it? A compromise situation. However, this is still not clear. Because the because art scroll is only telling you situation one. But remember, there's two other possible situations where the guy is already tome muchlat. 
So how's that going to be? Well, let's think about it. Tame Muchlat, he's for sure Tame. That means no social interaction, but yes, intimacy. So now, how could that be lenient? How could he come could to be, be lenient? Yeah. Well, you. it depends now what you say a person would prefer. What do you if, know what a person would prefer? In other words, you, does he prefer social interaction or intimacy with his wife? The caller knows you, Tame. No, but he could say, so again, this is not clear. What? How would it be lenient or strict, depending what you hold is more important? So if, let's say, social interaction is more important, then the guy, you know, you wouldn't want to call him at all. Uh, you would want to uh, call him because he says he's tar, he can come back to people. And if it's not, then he won't say that. already is. Right. So, so now this all becomes questionable. What is it? When when he's not tummy at all, that's clear what Reb Meir holds. It's clear. The guy's with everybody. He's with his wife. Now, if he's going to declare anything, it's going to cut something away from him. So, okay, don't say it. If it's tar, say tar. If it's tummy, don't say anything. But what about the second and third scenarios? It's not clear at all what's beneficial and what's not. The Chachamim argue... And Omrim Lola Hakel Lola Hachmir. He can't come to eat to let's say only be lenient or not to be strict. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means so he doesn't come at all. He doesn't come because he doesn't he don't want come to at all. You know, the sages hold the coin must render decision if the, here's the machlokas Reb Meir and the Chachamim. Reb Meir says when a Kohen comes, he has the option to tell or not tell. Come and say no. If he comes, he must tell and cannot withhold it. So now, if he were coming to examine the hope of rendering a lenient decision, he would be forced to say the strict one if in fact he sees the saras. So therefore what? Don't come at all. And therefore... If you're not coming, the guy calls the coin. Listen, coin, the second day of Cholmoyed, but Moyed, can you come and take a look? Come and say, no, let's do it after Cholmoyed. Because if I'm going to come and I'm going to see, I got to tell. And if I may have to tell you something, that's not good. So Reb Mayer says that when the coin takes a look, he's not obligated to say. And he can just give good news and bad news he doesn't have to say. Although, he... You can understand, though, when the guy says, oh, I don't want to tell you now, when the guy knows what's going to happen a week later, but who knows? But the Chachamim say, no, once he's there to check, he must say exactly what he sees. And therefore, there's the possibility it's going to ruin his yantam. And therefore, he says, I'm not checking. Close, go on, I'm closed. I can bring your carbon for you. But I'm not going to check you for Tsaras. So God can go to shul and mix with everybody? I know, exactly. Yeah, because he doesn't have Tumah. No, he's not. There's going to be no retroactive Tumah. As long as the coin does not pronounce anything, he is not Tumah. Period. Now, you may see the guy with a big blotch. Remember, the blotch can be somewhere on your arm here, and i got to check it over. Nobody knows. But we don't Let's put it coach. this way. If looking at the way my body is covered, you only could yeah. see Tsaras if it's right here on my forehead and cheeks. You couldn't see anything else. And I would assume most Tsaras is in other parts of the body. So he can hide it. So no one's going to know. And he's not making anybody tame. Okay, he's not making anybody tame. 
All right. So you're the same strategy before Yantif and say, you know what, I don't know, deal with it after Yantif is over? I mean, before, listen, this is your free will choice. Right, so if you, if you call the column two days before Yantif, and he says, you know what, let's, I'll come a look, a look is, you know what, I need more. Okay, so that's a good question. That's, I understand what you're saying. So, but that's not this machlokas. No. You're, you're asking in general. Does he have that option? But that would be an interesting thing. Again, the guy, first of all, the guy himself would think, do I want to call the coin or not? Right? And the coin would now depend on the machlokas from Meir the Chacham. Because he has that option, even if it's not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, very good. To be continued. Okay, Steve, how are you doing, Steve? I'm doing a bit better, yeah. So I, I should be in school for Mimincha today. Okie dokie. Very good. See you then. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm Tahoe.